0: In Bed With The Films We Love, a film podcast about the films we love the most and trying to work out, hopefully by the end of the series anyway, uh, just exactly what sort of ties them all together and what are the qualities of the films that we love. I'm uh, Ethan Crane. And I'm Talia Ripley. And in this podcast, we're going to be talking about the 2013 film Boyhood by Richard Linklater. Our second Richard Later film, actually. Yeah. Well, actually, our fourth, fourth one, if you include the, the four trilogy. But I think second, really, is for how it's okay. it, Anyway. And, Tyler, this is your choice of film. Mm. So, first of all, as we always say, what's your history with this film? What's your history yeah. of watching it?
1: OK, so Boyhood is a, is a long film, so it's not something that you watch loads. So I know I've watched it three times. I've watched it at the cinema just after it came out because I love Richard a films, so I was always going to go and watch it. Um, and as soon as I came out, I felt blown away. It's, you know, just as we talk about an amazing film. Um, and I think the second time I watched it was a few years ago, uh, but rewatching it with our children. And I think it makes me realize how it's quite important. The audience you're with sometimes how you feel about a film, especially because this is such a film about family and growing up. So actually... The fact that I watched it again, and I loved it as I did before, but also the children, surprisingly, both really liked it. And yeah. I think they both um, could could quite slightly identify. They're an older sister and a younger brother, so maybe that helps. Um, but they, uh, they liked it, and they were both um, quite, in a way, almost emotional about it. I think also... Fun fact. Um, our youngest son had probably not long left primary school. And at the end of his primary school, special assembly, and they have a big sort of images of them at primary school. Very cute, like them from little to, to like 11 when they leave. And they played the um, family of the year song, Heroes.
0: Right, yeah, Hero. Hero. Yeah. Hero. yeah.
1: Which is the the song that almost it, it, at the climax, you know, one of the
0: it's when points, um, when Mason's driving to college, isn't yeah, it? Yeah,
1: yeah, And I think they'd just been almost they'd been primed, or at least our son had been primed to have an emotional response for that. And I, it's a very emotional it's song. It's <laughs> a Very emotional song, and it's in a very emotional moment. Although I always kind of think well more later but you know it's 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 from the mother's point of view really cuz anyway there's a lot of stirs up stuff in me and it's all very kind of complicated mother child stuff um and and again watched it last night and again felt um you know, and I saw different things in it last night because there's a lot, a lot to see and think about in this film.
0: Did it um, decline in enjoyment at all for you over like a second or third watching?
1: No, no, I don't yeah. think so. Or, or even increase
0: in what in enjoyment?
1: I think, I mean, okay, so it hasn't got quite that um, amazement when you first watch it, when you can barely believe how how it works and how yeah. it pans out, and yeah. some of the things. Um, that were very novel about it, and, or obviously don't, not so surprising. But um, yeah, there's more to think about, and and especially because it's film about aging, and I'm aging, and of course,
0: like everyone, I believe, yeah.
1: But it's, <laughs> it's particularly about your your children are aging too. So yeah, obviously you're looking at it really from, um, I guess, a more and more looking at it from the parents' point of view, the Mason's point of view, although yeah. it always did to some extent, because I wasn't
0: that I guess we watched. now have a daughter who will be going to university probably in a year's time or something, so yeah. the bit, obviously that wasn't resonating with us when we first saw it, or, no, or even no. the second time we're seeing but it is now. Yeah. Yeah, 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 so,
1: and it resonates more. Yeah. Um, and there's other things, which I'd go on, you know, I'll talk about, but other things that kind of just thought about the way that... Um, the relationship between the two parents, work, and things like that. So yeah, yeah I don't think it hasn't um, hasn't stopped giving. No, and I still find it a really remarkable piece of work and really uplifting as yeah.
0: well. Yeah, no, I agree. And and um, I I recognise this time of watching it something I hadn't noticed before um, is that what a peculiar style of film it is in some ways. I think this was just because we were just the morning that we were um watching it we both read an essay about um sort of hero's journey in films and how that doesn't necessarily always translate well from books to film and this is so not not a film that needs a hero's journey in in a way isn't it It, i mean it sort of is but it doesn't follow that pattern at all it's very plotless the film in in a way isn't it well i think that's yeah. yeah
1: just the least of the way in which it doesn't follow kind of yeah Film conventions. But
0: I only, I only noticed that this time round. I didn't really notice that. I think, I think possibly just because I just read that essay mm. um, before. it's an essay by Toby Litt. He's a creative writing tutor at Burbeck College in London. I'll put a link to it later or something, maybe. But it's a really good essay because what he's kind of saying in it is that do stories need, need these kind of heroes journey? And often a hero's journey, it comes about in film because they're star vehicles for Hollywood celebrities. And so, if you get away from that, like in this film, you've got you know the main actor is an unknown really, and you can not. They don't have to show the main character as, as a hero in the same way. We can talk about talk more about that later anyway. But anyway, to go to go back to your liking for the film, so mm. go through a few of the points of the film that is why you really love it.
1: Yeah, I mean, so the two, I think the thing is two things. One the first struck me watching a film was thinking well, the obvious astonishing thing of pulling off observing somebody age i mean the first thing is you're thinking about watching mason go from a child to to an adult and it still gets me every time and there's still part of my brain going oh they're using a different actor oh, of course they're not using a different actors yeah. it's just the same boy and it's it's um i i don't know if there's anybody that just found it gimmicky or um you, you know, one, something that didn't, it was t- too clever, but never gave anything. But for me, it's just, just astonishing to to, to witness that. Um, it's like with your own children, you want to sort of capture every move. And, you, you, you know, you're constantly losing um, their childhood as time goes by and wishing that somehow you could pin it down more and this is this is it this is this is a childhood pinned down you never um, get to
0: see your own children progressing in this way like, no yeah
1: no apart from that actor's parents but um, well, the,
0: the, in, you're saying that it's interesting with the um the actor was his name uh ella coltrane yeah. he said um in an interview after this he said for him and his parents watching it at the premiere because richard linklater wouldn't want, let any of the actors see any of the footage beforehand they couldn't mm. see any of their a he said watching it was absolutely brutal, seeing mm. it for both him and for his parents. Like, seeing your life going... 12 years of your life going through from in over the space of three hours. Yeah. So, I mean, imagine particularly for his parents, it must have been... I mean, I'd have been in floods of tears watching that. <laughs> and it's quite an yeah. emotional film anyway, let alone if that's your child yeah. you're watching. I don't know
1: if I want to... I yeah. would want to experience that publicly, to be honest. Yeah. But, but yeah, I mean, it's... But even getting away from personal relationship it's still just it's almost like it's capturing time and in a way you're you're cheating time and cheating the thing that drives us forward towards death all the time and that is um quite an astonishing thing um the other thing though that which i think almost I, i love more about it is that it's a film in which things happen but they don't necessarily have consequences yeah And that's sort of like, I don't know, one of those classic screenplay writers things that you must... Everything's linked. You can't have flab around, you know, pointless um, things happening that don't go anywhere. Red herrings are just irritating. But also... uh, What some examples of that? Well, you know, just really early on, uh, you see him... I think you know one of the first stages of his life is he's graffitiing in, yeah. in the in the On subway. One of the very first scenes, isn't it? And I, I know I've become accustomed to realizing nothing will happen for these things. The first time watching that it blew my mind. It's like he's going to get caught. Oh, there's another girl who's come and seen him, and no, no, nothing's. Is anybody going to refer back? to No, no.
0: <laughs> yeah,
1: no, that was just a thing. Yeah. And of course, that's how. That's what happens in life. Like, yeah. so, we, we have so many times when, I mean, the other one that really, really obviously I think catches everybody's attention is when he's in, what, like eighth or ninth grade or something and goes... What
0: what age is that? I don't remember the grades. Really.
1: Uh, so I think it's similar. I think you end up, 12th grade is what we'd call thir- year 13 in here, so... 12th grade is 18, so he's, he's about 14. 13, 14 okay. 13 or 14, and yeah. he goes off to um, the. There's some older boys that are from high school, and they're, you know, one of his friend's older brothers, and they're throwing. Oh, they're like, camping the in soup. the house
0: and staying in there. There's an yeah. almost constructed house, isn't yeah. there? And they're sort of sleeping in the. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And
1: they're throwing. Um, doing something that seems horribly dangerous. It's ban, those... bandsaws or something, yeah, isn't the band it? So throwing, that's yeah, the thing, Like the disc yeah. and throwing it into a wall. And that happens a few times. Yeah. And they even say, God, that's dangerous. And it's fine.
0: Completely (laughs) inconsequential to the film. And
1: of course, you remember so many times in your childhood of things that you do and you look back and think, God, that was dangerous. But we've been so programmed by, certainly in film, always in, I mean, television shows. I often think of, I don't know if it's still going, but the British TV show Casualty, which is based around um, an A&E department, like an emergency department. So you always see, like, obviously there's the characters in the hospital and then there's characters that you don't know. And, of course, when you see them, they might be driving. So, you know, oh, they're going to crash or they're cooking and, you oh, they're going to pour boiling oil down them. And you know, because that's the formula, something awful has to happen. That
0: is a programme about hospitals, I suppose. It would be surprising if that didn't happen. (laughs) Yeah, no, but no, I'm I'm joking. Outside of that, you always,
1: you don't have kids playing with something dangerous. And not, it might not be on the nose. It might not be the thing that you think it is, but it will have consequences. And this is amazingly showing that things happen, and you don't necessarily have consequences from them.
0: I think this is what I was meaning about saying, sort of, at, at the beginning about this not being your classic Hollywood hero's journey. Mm. Sort of because in a hero's journey, it has con- everything has consequences, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah.
1: I, I, I think the only thing I'd say about that is that there are other quite a lot of other films that I can think of that don't have a classic hero's journey.
0: Maybe, maybe I'm slightly missaying what I mean. Now. I think what I'm meaning is more what you're talking about here, where there's cause and effect is much more prominent in the, in the story. You know, you go, you yeah, go from one yeah, part of the story, yeah. something happens and it leads on to the next thing. That never happens yeah. here, does it? Nothing, nothing leads on to anything else very much in this film. No. And when yeah. it
1: does, I find it quite annoying. Um, yeah. yeah um, we'll, talk we'll talk about that, about that later. Yeah. yeah but, yeah and it's very positive. Um so
0: can I ask then if that's what we if we're usually used to films that have a lot more cause and effect why do you think this film can still be so enjoyable without cause and effect or so have we just been missing out on the fact that films without cause and effect can be really enjoyable or does it do something is there something else in this film that that is in addition that means it you know that means you don't need the cause and effect
1: um the sort of logical pleasure you get from a story where things pan out. Yes, yeah.
0: our and... normal experience of a story is normally about one thing leading to another, isn't it? But yeah. here it's not.
1: I don't, I don't know. I don't know if, um, you know, uh, I'm, I'm slightly reminded of, and I don't know how to say it, but that Sindushi, New York...
0: Oh, I the Charlie Kaufman film. Yeah not,
1: yeah, not a film that's showing anything real, but that whole premise of, of the plot line is that there's a man who wants to create something real. So he creates this intensely mundane reality, um, but the way that the film is constructed, the film isn't mundane at all. It's very bizarre and freaky and, and really good, I think, too. But there's just... I don't know. I don't know if creating something like this an accurate portrayal of life has a has a limitation in that once it's so rare that when we see it we're very excited by it but perhaps if it's repeated too much we wouldn't get any so much pleasure so, i'm not sure yeah,
0: so you you think that that a lot of the pleasure in this film is in its incredibly accurate portrayal of life
1: and the fact that we don't haven't seen that before, right. I it's, mean, it's an yeah. incredibly accurate portrayal of a person's life.
0: I mean, you have to you have to say it, it is quite reminiscent, really, of Richard Linklater's Before trilogy in some ways, isn't it? In its portrayal of over time, yeah, of, yep. of, yep, of yep, sure. and, and we we, I mean, I'd say Boyhood is more more of a realistic film than Before yeah. Sunset, Sunrise, there's and a, a great, yeah. I mean,
1: especially the first Before Before Sunrise yeah. is a very romantic is uh, yeah. movie. Yeah, and but also a,
0: a contrived story not contrived in a bad way, but contrived as in you have to yeah. sort of work up the story to get it to be like It that. has a yeah.
1: meat cute, you know, and yeah, all those yeah. kind of things. But
0: yeah. this for boyhood doesn't have to do that at all, does it? No. And just in the way that it's it was made, you can you know, you know that Richard Linklater, basically each year had to go along with um what was going on in the actors' lives in many ways, didn't it? Mm. He had to go with what, what Ella Train looked like and um what the other actors looked like, and he did didn't he? He asked them what' been going on in their lives, didn't he? Like he, yeah. when um, when Mason becomes interested in photography, that was because the actor had become interested in photography, wasn't it? Yeah. So they took that as part of the.
1: A bit, yeah, yeah, it's probably just easy. I think something I heard that because Richard linkmaker was famously the the rare thing of being an artistic jock, isn't he? Yes, um, he has as great in. interest in sport. Yeah, and I think he thought he might be going that way, but realised that Ella wasn't, you know. They're not that kind of a person, so. All oh,
0: right, so that was a possibility yeah, that he could become. Yeah, yeah, and why for not? Sure. Yeah, yeah, And
1: there is a bit of, obviously, the relationship with his dad is kind of based on sporty stuff, isn't it? Mason and his dad have yeah. uh do a lot of stuff, so you, you could see that it was maybe going that way. But just like life, you know, you have a son, he doesn't isn't necessarily gonna yeah be into sport.
0: Though the dad's character, Mason Senior, Ethan Hawke's character. Was quite based on both Richard Linklater's and Ethan Hawke's father, yeah, there, who yeah. were both insurance salesmen, weren't they? I heard that. Yeah, well,
1: not um, an actor or oh, actually a salesperson. Right. It's yeah. a behind the scenes kind yeah. of uh, risk analysis person, isn't it?
0: Yeah, I'm curious as to whether they both their fathers were anything like the younger Mason Senior at the beginning of the film. No, I heard
1: that Richard Linklater said, and and for both of the, Richard Linklater and and Ethan Hawke said that their pet their father. Had a sort of unhappy first marriage and then a happier second marriage. Which... They were
0: the products of the first marriages or the yeah, second the marriages? The first, first marriages. marriages. Okay. Yeah. yeah.
1: So, yeah. There's obviously a lot of Richard Lindley. Yeah. And I, there's a, a great collaboration really between him being happy enough to merge his, um, you know, he must have an ego and want to kind of make this his story. Yeah. But he, you know, he didn't. He made it a collaborative work and worked with, you know, the actors involved to, yeah. to create something which is far better.
0: Think, and of course, he had to be. deal with the fact that his daughter was playing one of the roles, which must yes. be really hard, must not yeah. it? There's yeah, there's some
1: wonderful, wonderful clips of a kind of like featurette with uh, Lorelei Linklater.
0: So Lake. play plays Sam. Yeah. Yeah
1: with at her at the like early stages like at the very beginning when she's probably only about six or something she's only a little bit older than ella um uh,
0: ella coltrane yeah. yeah
1: um and she's got that exact you know a little bit precocious at the time and um richling like I just said there was no way she wasn't really you know she was obviously a girl who was like i want to be involved i want not do this and you know what she's Brilliant. I, I think. think she's, she's really,
0: really good in it. But did you also read about how after three or four years, she said to him, I don't want to be in it anymore.
1: Yes. yeah. Um,
0: and so that must have been, like you say, she started when she was six. So must have been uh, when. Nine, 10. Yeah, I don't know which I can't think which part of the story that was exactly. But there must have been a bit where. She wasn't in it for maybe for one, mm. one section of it, wasn't there? Which he yeah. didn't,
1: I didn't particularly notice. Yeah. It didn't feel forced. Apparently she no, asked but he to be have, killed off. Yeah, yes,
0: which she refused to
1: do. Yeah, but he would have cool. had to deal with it. If, she, if she'd
0: really refused to be in it any longer, he'd have had to work out what he was going to do about that, wouldn't he? Yeah. And, he, and like you said, he didn't want to kill her off. It wasn't that sort of yeah. film. Yeah. So I wonder what he would have done. You think?
1: I don't know. I mean, he had that fear with all his actors that might not want Act, to be involved. Or
0: accidentally die. Or, yeah. well yeah, yeah
1: yeah they were young enough for that to be unlikely but yeah that could happen he
0: said apparently he had a deal with uh ethan hawke he said that if i die you're going to finish directing the film uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. okay i can imagine yeah. that but yeah. I
1: mean, it'd be problematic if any of the others went
0: yeah um just going going back to the thing we were saying about the amazingness of the sort of almost plot lists and like him not uh-huh. knowing what was going on s he, he said that he did he knew how it was going to start. And he definitely knew how it was going to end as well. He said he had that image of um, Mason going to college and meeting his roommate and go and taking mushrooms or whatever and going walking out to desert. He said that was and that final shot of him and the girl. Yeah, okay. So that was always fixed in his head from the, from very near the beginning. So he knew where he was going to, but he didn't know how he was going to get there.
1: I did hear um, mm. Ethan Hawke saying that he felt when he met up with it later. He said felt it felt like he was. For every scene, it was like he was writing a song and he had the melody and he knew the sort of pacing and he knew the feeling of it, but he didn't have the lyrics. Right. (laughs) Um, And they'd sort of say... And he just didn't have much to go on. It'd be like, yeah, you're going to a ballpark. You know, you, you know, you're going, you're going for a drive, then you're going to watch a game. then you can have a bit of a conversation afterwards. And he would say, well, should I talk about this on the way over? They say, no, it's just a short journey. It won't be long. <laughs> you don't, you won't have time for that. So,
0: so it really is the kind of the content of what they're saying a lot of the time. Is it? Is it almost irrelevant to the story? Are we really just watching them age, and we don't? And as long as the scenes sort of touch upon various. Milestones in Mason Junior's life, we're ha- we're happy with that. You think?
1: I don't know. There's certainly points where I feel um, I, I get a lot of enjoyment out of, uh, of thinking about the emotional moment of something. Um, so, for example, um, when Ethan Hawke, so Mason Senior, is, is back on the scene, he hasn't been involved for the first sort of section. I think of the film. Um, and he, he was in Alaska and now he appears and he uh, takes the children out for a day. And then he he's a bit of a character that doesn't want to like bring them back to his mother-in-laws or ex-mother-in-law. He says, oh, I'll drop them off. And that causes a lot of problems, you know? And you can just, there's some pleasure in that scene really and watching it and just thinking how it manages to portray how annoying that is to um, to their mum, you yeah. know that she's really, you know, she's got a lot of. I mean, um, and I'm really intrigued actually on this last viewing of thinking about the the, 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 you know, the mother and the father and their characters and what they have to deal with and, and go through and stuff. Um, but never minding that, just that point where you you can just really feel. Imagine how that annoying that would be. It's only a small thing. it's not disastrous. It's not somebody getting shot in the chest, but it's really really annoying when your plans are ruined by somebody who has been irritating to you for many many whatever for a long time and it's and and there's some great acting going on and some great looks and uh, uh, and so you know it's not irrelevant what's happening and what's they're saying you're getting just these beautiful little moments. Your empathy with the,
0: the emotions of the characters. Yeah. I'd yeah. say another one of those would be, I, that I really loved is when um, uh, Mason seniors with Mason junior and Sam at the bowling alley again, not the first time they go there, but the second time I think, and he's trying to have a conversation with Sam about uh, contraception. She might have a boyfriend yeah. or whatever. And it's it's lovely, like her, her embarrassment in having it. But, and then, but then right at the end of the scene, so the woman comes along, who's obviously someone. This woman that mm. Ethan Hawke's had a bit of a, a thing with, or whatever. And he just says to he just says to Mason Jr., "Don't give me that look," kind of thing. And it was just so natural, and like mm. you could so. Mm. I think what like what you're saying, you can you're so in the heads of the characters all the time, really, aren't you? I mean, I mean, especially Mason Jr. is the whole time. Like mm. it's so it's so brilliant in his head, head all the whole time. I think I think that's what carries me through it most of the way. Is being so inside what's going on with him Like, there's another moment with him that I really liked and I thought, but in, in the hands of another director, it would have been done differently. But do you remember when it's when um, they've moved to a new town and his mum's got a new teaching job and Sam's meant to pick him up after school yeah. and she fails to pick him up and he has to walk to his mum's college, where he walks there and he sits in the back of the room. But on the way there he sees another girl from his another girl yes. on a bike from his school yeah. and she trails him quite and of, she kind of like. She like oh she says that her friend fancies him and invites him to a yeah. party kind of thing. The conversation they have is really dull kind of thing. I know. But, but they it goes on for quite a long while, and then she says to him right there, oh I think you should come to this party because um, the girl is having it, fancies you kind of thing sort of yeah. thing. And in a, in a regular film, I think we'd have then finished that scene. On a close-up of Mason's face, and he would be smiling and thinking, "Oh, someone fancies me," kind of. Thing. But well, we don't get it. that at all. It just cuts, kind of thing, and and we're still in his head, kind of thing, and we know what's going on, but it's just almost a documentary, really, of, of everything, isn't it? So it's, it's not, not, it's yeah. not
1: sort of, it it's it, it not bashing you over the head, with, no. Like this is what this means now. Yeah, um, yeah. Because sometimes you hear somebody fancies you, and you're not into it, so it's not a big deal, or maybe it is, or maybe it doesn't matter and in the long run of things you never remember anyway so the bit I really liked about that little scene is just it felt very familiar with the girl saying well there's this girl I know and she well I used to be good friends with her but then she went all emo and she's <laughs> yeah. has kind of slit her wrists and she's in hospital so I think I ought to go and it's that I just remember so often girls often have that sense of I've got to do like a girly kind of do you know, I want to be involved in this big emotional hoo-ha going on. Yeah. Um, and I, I think I've got the right to stick my oar in because of some vague prior friendship thing. And I, I don't know, I just found that hilarious. Yeah, no, it was really good. Yeah. But yeah, no, I, I understand what you're saying about it not telegraphing yeah, things, telegraph um, things. Yeah, doesn't telegraph things, yeah. And pointing you in and, and, you know, making you think, oh yes, this is what's happening. But do,
0: you know, do you know something else that I think the um, the sort of lack of cause and effect in the story really helps with as well is, is it really highlights um, uh, some of the other bits that really like me, which is the so, the indignities that are placed upon children a lot of the time, like mm. I was making a list of them as we get on, like, so sort I of think right at the beginning sort of thing, like, okay, so Patricia Arquette, for very good reasons, has to move to Houston kind of thing. Mm. And takes the kids away from all their friends you know Sam puts up a bit of fuss about that but she's got no chance of not going so it's just like sure. no no and you see Mason seeing his friend he hasn't said goodbye to his friend has he's just yeah. taken away from him just like that kind of thing
1: yeah
0: and and I suppose it's maybe saying that maybe parents aren't as aware as they might be of of the emotions that are going on with their children and what they're what they're putting them through so mm-hmm. there's that and then there's um of course when and when, um, what's Patricia Arquette's character name? Olivia. Olivia. When Olivia mm. marries Bill, the alcoholic guy, mm. and eventually has to, like, you know, take um, yeah. Sam and Mason away from him because he's got really violent kind of thing. Mm. And Sam says, well, Are we ever going to see our steps living with you. They'll be living with them for mm. like years at this point, haven't they? Or at least yeah, a couple, two or three years or something. A, at least a year. Yeah. And. And she says, oh, I don't know. but And she obviously she's in a real state and doesn't have a chance to. But that's that's a big deal, isn't it? Yeah. These, these other teenagers you've been living with for this time yeah. and suddenly you're ripped away from them. And then obviously having to start new schools all the time, that's really yeah. hard. They go into that quite a bit. But then, and then the final one that I really like is, and I, and I really empathise with this because I know I'm guilty of this as a parent as well, mm. is of when they're... Um, it's Mason's 15th birthday and they're driving to um ethan hawke's new wife's parents to yep. so the grandparents kind of thing they're in the car and he's got the new minivan yeah and he says what happened <sighs> to your old car kind of thing yeah. and and uh and mason is going oh well you know new baby you have to get come on, i have to get rid of it that's a young person and and mason mason jr looks really upset and he says you don't remember do you he says and i was 13 you promised me i would have that car when i was 16 i
1: think we're when he was thirteen, I think even when he's a lot younger. Oh yeah, I mean, maybe when but, yeah. he was younger, yeah.
0: And and uh and Mason Sr. just does not remember in the least.
1: Yeah. And and brushes
0: it aside really, doesn't he, as well? And you can feel like how upset Mason Jr. is with that. Yes. Yeah. It's, it's really and I think parents do that to their children quite a lot, based, partly because of their lack of memory. Yeah, and, partly yeah.
1: because you yeah. always I think you partly don't realise, you don't appreciate that your children are actually normal humans yeah as well. like with with that, their regular emotions with regular emotions that <laughs> yeah. become i mean i know that sounds stupid and you don't you, you know you don't want to upset them but oh, i don't know also weird, you're firefighting
0: like... a lot of the time aren't you maybe that promise was made in a kind of in return for something else or, or whatever that we don't know about you know yeah yeah
1: yeah or or like you kind of say it as a joke at the time because it's yeah, I yeah. don't know. But we do do. That's true. That's true. And that's because, the, you know, people.
0: the number of times in which, um, you know, our son has, has pointed out something. Saying, well, you you said this would happen kind of thing. We have no memory of it. But it has really stuck in his head because it's yeah. something important. It was important to him. Yeah. So
1: I think it's good to, for you to remember that. As yeah, well. yeah, yeah, as yeah. A,
0: yeah. But so, I think that's part. Of, that's part of the almost hidden agenda of this film is the cycle of indignities that parents heap upon children in some ways it's one of the arcs of the film i think yeah Yeah. i mean not to mention like you know one of the things which um i was just when i say mason i'm gonna mean mason junior for now and i say otherwise because it's too much to keep saying mason senior junior so one of the things that mason mentioned to his dad near the end when they're in the club watching jimmy play because he says he says like um I could have done without mum's trail of alcoholic husbands kind of thing. Yeah, think, yeah that was hardcore really for that them, was wasn't hard. it? You know, one who was a really bad alcoholic and the other, Jim was seemed kind of nice, but he was depressed about his life and yeah. he was still an alcoholic in some ways or still had problems with alcohol. So but, it appears yeah. from
1: what we see. Um, I know. I th- <laughs> one of the things, though, I, I really thought from watching at this time was looking at the the... Um, you know Patricia Arquette as the mum, Ethan Hawke as the dad, and thinking how much that that how much she takes on really. I don't think I'd ever yeah. really thought about it, and thinking how deeply and deeply unfair things are yeah. really. Um, and you feel obviously Ethan Hawke Mason Senior is a fun character in their lives who jumps in, who's got energy and brings
0: them presents
1: yeah and as some i think somebody said it's, we don't see his crappy relationships because the children don't see his crappy relationships because they just get him off the odd weekend yeah um and you know and as far as we know he just seems to have buggered off for quite a long 18 time. 18 months uh, wasn't it yeah. yeah he went off for yeah and and
0: british rarquette could never have done that would she like it wasn't well, like it was yeah, yeah. occasionally women occasionally do do occasionally, that, but far less often,
1: yeah, I mean, I've caught myself when she leaves Bill, the alcoholic husband, and they're saying what's going to happen to you know their step siblings yeah and and she says look i've done i've I've talked to their mum and I've talked to social services, you know, and it's, she has done all that's appropriate, really, but I found myself thinking, when she, oh my goodness, they've got a mother, and she has left them, and <laughs> she's not there. I can't believe that. That's horrific." And I keep forgetting. But you know, it's a, if the genders had been switched, I wouldn't be thinking how. Well, yeah. I'd be thinking it'd be a little remiss of a of a guy to leave the, his children with an alcoholic mum, but not not check in. But it's I mean, we yeah. don't
0: we don't know that Bill was that that. Bill's alcoholism was the reason why his first marriage split up. No, it? we don't know that. Yeah. We
1: don't know what his mum... But it's almost yeah. like, oh, my goodness, they've got a mother that yeah. we don't know. We, do we, you think, but maybe there's yeah. scenes where the mum is often on the scene and, and all sorts of things going on. Yes. We don't know. But And that's another delight of the film, is that we just don't know. I mean, we don't know. We don't need to know. We yeah. don't need to know. Yeah. Um, I think, actually, before I berate, um, you know, fatherhood or the, or the father figure that um, Ethan Hawke portrays he did say that he went to see the he's, he saw the film in one screening and some woman just kept going on about how he wasn't paying child maintenance and that's awful and what? What? whilst was the
0: film was showing no no
1: after the film <laughs> but he was just saying how people bring their own stuff yeah. and obviously that's triggered a lot of stuff for her yeah yeah and um and then cornered ethan hawke and blamed him but do we know, you know he, that that's, was he
0: not hanging any child maintenance when they were in the last? You don't know. You do yeah.
1: see him. He passes her an envelope at one point. Yeah, you get the vibe. He's probably a bit slack.
0: Also, because it's brought up ever so beautifully oh. at the end, isn't it? In the scene at um, Mason's graduation when yep. when uh, yeah. we've for quite a lot of the film by this point, we've been sort of like. Gunning for Mason Senior, haven't we? Because he's, yeah. he's changed his life around. He's got a new family. He seems to do really well by Mason and Sam, doesn't he? He's, he's an attentive father by them. He's got himself a sensible job. And then it comes to the graduation. He says, I'd I really like to contribute the money to Patricia Arquette. I'd really like to contribute something towards all this food. Gets his wallet and He goes, oh, I haven't got any cash in at the moment. And her face after that is such like, a picture. so difficult. I knew it. Yeah. I knew it. It's yeah, almost like wonderful. a lovely. Reminder of the earlier character, isn't it? It's it's an interesting choice as to why it was put in there because you could easily have left that out, couldn't you? And it wouldn't have.
1: Yeah, sure. Yeah. But I think it is. It is. It was. It does make you think. Feel a little bit overall. God, he was a bit slack. But like you yeah. say, she made some really bad choices that. Probably what with hadn't, husband's? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, which wasn't really her fault. You don't know. She, Bill, appeared nice and quite a good character yeah. i mean another thing i really like this and it kind of goes along with the way in which you're not you know it doesn't fit into the cliches of a film is that you often the sort have of cliched story yeah the story of stories you, yeah. you often have people behaving in a more positive way than you think so they get you know you have a blended family with, with two you know similarly aged children they get on really well. Yeah. You know, they seem to get on, like, really well. Yeah. You don't have Bill, who's a nasty character, but he, he doesn't really seem to pick on his stepchildren anymore, maybe a little bit more, but he doesn't really seem to be terrible. He's no. he's, he's just pretty terrible to, to them all when he's drunk. Um, And, I, yeah, it just gives that a much more kind of positive view of life that often... Yeah. People don't create conflict, even when it could be a good time for conflict.
0: Also brought up really nicely when um, that card I was talking about before, when they're going to see um, Ethan Hawke's new wife's parents, yep. and it's Mason's and birthday, yeah. and and they give him the Bible as one of the presents. Yeah. And a and gun. And, and the gun, yeah. And you expect there to be... At least some kind of friction because of it. There's yeah. none. Everyone takes it really well. Yeah, and and you can see Ethan Hawke like looking at the Bible and thinking oh for fuck's sake, can't you? But yeah. but he doesn't say anything, and he doesn't, and they go to church the next day. Yeah, and yeah. Mason
1: is really polite and says Thank Really you. polite. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, that has I think it's about that time they have a lovely bit where the uh. They go off for a walk with yeah. Annie and the baby as well and she's sort of left at the top of the hill where they're going down they're talking about things and and um Sam says something like to her dad, You're not gonna turn like all dog oh, God fearing something and Annie just says, I can hear you yeah, yeah. I Love that But she's and she's a lovely character. She yeah. seems to have no side to her, she just seems nice. And there's no
0: there's no bother from that. It's not like, you know, Ethan Hawke's made it clear that he's not going to be religious. We don't even really know if Annie's religious or not, do we? But her parents obviously are. You
1: feel that she likes to go along with it.
0: Yeah, but that doesn't seem to cause any... In fact, I mean, thinking about it, you think, how can this film work when there's so yeah. little friction between the characters in many ways? I mean, obviously there is friction between some of the characters, yeah, but a lot of the there. scenes we see are not about conflict at all. And so many, you know, so much of the... Screenwriting books are about you've got to create conflict in your scenes. I mean, they're about
1: little bits of conflict, little concerns, and those are sort of really interesting things because those are things that you think, oh yeah, I I I can get that, I can see that, I can see, you know, being, uh, or 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 just the conflict. It's not conflict exactly, but just trying to have that conversation about sex with your daughter. Yeah, Uh, that's you know, it's awkward and a bit weird, and um, you know, I felt that when the actors did that. The, the actual actors were laughing as much yeah, as the yeah. characters with awkwardness. Um,
0: yeah, because you, if you think about it, like um, Lorelei Linklater playing Sam was there with her dad filming it whilst having this conversation. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. But it was... <laughs> yeah. it. Came across I say another funny? thing that I think maybe carries the film along in a really good way, that that in a non-traditional Hollywood way, is the fact that you often get these little... Reversals of expectation from one scene to another, I think, that mm. that sort of slightly surprise you. One, one of them that sprung to mind when we were talking about the the religious grandparents that they go to see is... So you've had this scene where, you know, you've had the scene where they've given Mason a Bible for his birth and they've given him a gun and then they go to church. And then the next scene is uh, all sitting on the porch of the house in the evening and uh, Ethan Hawke's playing the guitar and his new wife singing and... Um, and mason and sam are joining in as well it's adorable it is it's really sweet and you think that wasn't what i was expecting oh and i really wasn't you know you don't sort of you kind of have this sort of stereotype of you know the god-fearing gun-toting texans Mm. kind of thing i'm not going to be into songs songs which had swear words in as well there's one bit where it's swearing in it and you think that doesn't go along with your normal expectations i think that's also a really the characters are much more three dimensional than you're used to, aren't you? I mean, obviously yeah. Ethan the Hawke's character, like it's a kind of strange character. In some ways I'm I was didn't quite go along with the idea that he could be this young brash running off to Alaska twenty yeah. something and then turn into an actor in his late thirties and forties.
1: But I think that actually is that yeah. is quite one of the things that was a portrayal of a well A real a, life. A real... Yeah. Uh, Ethan Hawke's father and Rich Lindley. Yeah, I mean, it would it,
0: be interesting to know if they had left, left their family home for some time and left their parents, Maybe. or one or the other room had done. Yeah.
1: One yeah. thing I, I mean, you know, just getting things from, from uh, hoovering up YouTube about these things, I liked uh, an interview between Ethan Hawke and Patricia Arquette oh. where they talked about how, you know, they didn't really see the whole picture until it was out there. And like Patricia Arquette said, I, I really felt like I understood a lot more about his uh, his character. Like Ethan Hawke's character, yeah, Mason's character. He, she did actually say his character, like pointing as if it was <laughs> Ethan Hawke, but um, you know, meaning I, I, you know, I could really feel a bit a lot more sympathy for him, and you know, I'd only really felt like the lousy end of the relationship, really, right. um, acting it out. I mean, they are both saying, wouldn't it be nice if, like, as a couple, as couples, if you'd broken up, and I think both of them have experienced divorce as well, if you could just see the other person's life and, and it would help you understand them.
0: In a little 90-minute
1: film somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> but, it, you know, this is truth. It's yeah. No, very, there are very few people that are um, utterly uh, unforgivably bad. And, you know, people have their reasons for doing things most of the time. And if you really knew them you would normally find it in your heart to forgive them for most things.
0: Yeah. But you're too close to your own side of the story, I guess, most of the time. Yeah, to, you to don't do that. you don't see the whole Yeah.
1: You don't see the whole movie.
0: Yeah. Oh, that's really nice. I I wonder if that's ever I wonder if that idea has ever helped any couples who are going through a hard time watching watching that. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. So I just wanted wanted to talk about just because it's part um I really liked as well but I mm. I just love the acting in this film I think the acting is just and I think it's special in a way because of um, how, just how real it feels for like I, I guess I guess a big part of that is because you know like we were saying Richard later invested quite a lot of the actors lives in their roles as well so they mm. are playing quite close to themselves a lot of the time mm. But it, it really, really works. I particularly thought I mean Mason himself is, is brilliant in it. Um for the reasons we were saying, like you constantly seem to be able to know what's going on in his head the whole time from but I think particularly um Patricia Arquette gets a lot of praise for him. I mean but I think Ethan Hawke as well, particularly I think he's
1: He's got that light touch of being yeah. the casual dad. But you don't you know, you don't completely love him. He, you still appreciate how irritating he is as yeah. well. Um,
0: but he seems to have a really genuine relationship with Sam and Mason as well. That yeah. You can imagine it almost extends beyond the actual acting as well. Yeah.
1: yeah. I really like that one. Quite an early car journey he does with the two of them, where he sort of has a, a really like mono, uh, what no monosyllabic, um, monosyllabic conversation. You know, how's it going? Yeah, fine. You see yeah. what you're doing. And then he's like, right, we're not doing this. Pulls over to the side <laughs> of the road. Not being yeah. that divorced dad who has <laughs> yeah. this kind of thing. Well, that's, you know. And, I mean, really, he's just desperately trying to connect with them and jibbing yeah. them up. But you can imagine, yeah, that's probably what I could imagine Ethan Hawke doing, really. That doesn't seem very far away from his um, his character at all. But, yeah, that's yeah. very lovely and charming. Yeah. But it's, it's also because you just know... Um, it, it's a risk, isn't it? You're taking a punt, you're getting an actor when they're five, oh, six, God, something yeah. like that. You, it was, it was just amazing to see him grow up and and become, become you know, really a great actor, I think. Or yeah. If, for that role, he was amazing.
0: Richard Linglater did say that, like, in choosing um, Ella Coltrane, he said, you know, he had a lot of boys to choose from and... Yeah. He said he really partly chose him for his. He had a lot more uh, boys who were more confident kind of thing, and he could tell that they were going to be sort of you know. Star star pupils or whatever they wanted to mm. do kind of thing because they just had this sort of like aura about them. And He said in the end he realised it was good not to choose them because that wasn't the sort of character he wanted. He wanted a someone who is unsure of themselves yeah. and was good. What I find it interesting that Mason's
1: character isn't the complete... He's not the... Um, like, when he goes along to that sort of, like, sleepover, out thing, so there's him, there's two mates, and there's the two older boys. Yeah. And two older boys are dicks, really, yeah. basically. Um, and they... They're sort of getting them to drink, and they're sort of asking questions. Mason does a pretty good job of just trying to do that blending in. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah I've had sex. I, yeah, 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 yeah. But uh, you know, yeah, I've done that, and he yeah, starts. Houston, before I yeah, moved here. yeah, and he starts drinking. Whereas normally your protagonist is the person who's like, no, no, I don't, I don't, I don't. You know, it'd be the other kid, the kid yeah. that says I don't want to have a drink, yeah and, yeah, and the one who does get more abuse for it as well. Um, mason doesn't take any kind of moral high stance he doesn't he just blends it which is the more common response isn't it yeah. of like okay i'm going to keep my head down i'm going to act cool with the big boys um uh, yeah. but he is and he does become quite a uh sort of you know an attractive very um quite a charismatic uh, yeah. young man as and well. that was
0: that was quite lucky, really. It wasn't the the choice. Of, yeah. choice of, I mean, he's a very good-looking young man, isn't he? By the end of it, yeah. And you think that might not have happened? Might have. No. <laughs>
1: yeah. And but just, just not just, a, but just his way of, um, yeah, holding, holding himself, and yeah. stuff and drawing yourself to him as yeah. well. Because I think a kind of quietness to him as well that keeps your attention.
0: He said in an interview, um, you know, after this was this came out that. The film really, he said. You know, I think he he had a quite an amazing relationship with Richard Linklater by the end of it, who mm. was, you know, a second father to him almost, wasn't he? But I imagine by like in the way that he was yeah, coaching. But he said apparently, um Ella Train had a very has a very poor relationship with his own mother, and he said he learnt quite a, he actually learnt quite a lot from having Patricia Arquette as his on screen mother. Kind yeah, of thing. Yeah, I did hear that.
1: Yeah. I don't know. I also though heard that. um Ellis said that in comparing the two parents, he you know, he said something in an interview. He, they said that uh, Ethan Hawkes, you know, the dad, yeah, he's a good dad. He's a great dad for this, that and the other. And then said, and how about, you know, how about your mom? Yeah, you know, well, not so much. I don't know. And I just thought, yeah, that's... That's probably how you would feel as a young man who'd been yeah. dragged through lots of shitty things.
0: Through the alcoholic husbands. Through the alcoholic husbands, yeah. but you
1: think it's not really her
0: But fault. he was, like, in the same way you were saying about Ethan Hawke and the um, viewer of the city, he was probably bringing some of his own shit to that as well, wasn't he? Like, because we yeah. had correlated yeah, with his yeah, mother. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So, um, I don't know, did you have any more to say on the bits that really the changed you about The only thing, yeah. I just
1: thought... Which was another thing that I I noticed a change in third watching. Yeah. His, you know, when he's quite old, he's just about to go off to college. And as we were saying, he you know, he's an attractive young man. And there's one of the old, I guess his mum's friend, who says... Oh, do you want a lift at your college? <laughs> yes. And I, I was think, just about to
0: mention that. I yeah.
1: think maybe when I was younger and my son was nowhere near that age, I probably would have thought that was kind of funny and flirty. And now I think it's horrible.
0: <laughs> well, now I'd have to say also Ugh. you've seen some other examples in life of that kind of thing, and it's really distasteful. <laughs> yeah. Well, what, in what way? Well, in, 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 you know, you see kind of... Uh, middle-aged women sort of getting a bit strange over young men sort of occasionally. Yeah. I,
1: okay. I okay. Well, well, we'll I think
0: we might leave it at that.
1: Okay. <laughs> it's a mystery. Right.
0: Um, but I had, I had another question actually about, so do you think the way in which the film was made, as in filmed over 12 years, mm. do you think the knowledge of how it was actually, the film was actually produced, does that contribute to your enjoyment of it?
1: Um, uh, I don't know because often I hate well not I don't hate I do quite like I like knowing details about films but then I find a bit like 1917 yeah. that although I think it was a pretty good film I think knowing too much about it so and this it having the, a gimmick so
0: 1917 the Sam Mendes film about the First World War yeah which
1: yeah. in effect looks like it's a one shot movie yeah pretty freaking clever um, but I think I personally found it sort of lost a few things because of that, and I was constantly thinking about how they did it, yeah, I know this is a completely different set of circumstances, but I mean, what I quite liked is that I didn't have a jump, you had a transition like you could have ignored the transitions a lot of the time, so often it's the obvious. age transitions yeah. between different sections, especially yeah. the early ones you know as a little boy it didn't change that much, yeah, um, so I don't know. I don't think it affected me. I suppose a little bit I kind of thought... I have heard somebody else saying that they watched it and was thinking, oh, Patricia Arquette's cut hair is uh, shorter. That's because she would have been in this film this year. And things right. like that. Thinking... I mean, I guess I don't know so much about film in and out that that, that occurred to me. Um,
0: well, you'd have to know quite a lot about the... Film career of the actors in this, wouldn't you? Or oh, Patricia Arquette and Ethan the Hawk, anyway, in order to. Do
1: you think it was a good move to use um, two pretty well known actors for the parents?
0: Uh, well, I think that that's. Um, gave it a sort of, you know, got it more prominence, probably, of being watched. Oh, yeah, 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 for yeah. yeah. sure. But, but I don't think it was necessary, actually. I think you could easily have done it without them. Yeah. I've
1: heard some people say that if they'd used just, you know, fairly low unknown actors then people might have just thought it was a documentary
0: (laughs) (laughs) right I mean I must say I did enjoy watching Ethan Hawke age somehow
1: yeah I think because I
0: know him I know him from other things so I enjoyed what that process
1: that's another thing that because I think a lot of it is the first time you watch it you're looking at Mason growing and my focus was very much on him but other times you're just looking at the parents because also and that contrast, because to see his growth is moving forever positive, almost like towards the heart of life, whatever that might be. Yeah. But to watch his parents aging and um, becoming, you know, they're both beautiful people, but not as beautiful, just a little yeah. bit more uh whatever, aged, aged. <laughs> yeah. aged. Yeah. Um, is quite a depressing thing, but we shouldn't really think of it as depressing. But...
0: No, but like you say, it's not, It's we think of children moving into the sort of like the prime of their life, don't we, you know, 1920, yeah. early 20s kind of but thing. But yeah, Ethan Hawke and Patricia
1: yeah. Arquette were moving away, away from, from, from their prime. Yeah, yeah. Oh. And,
0: and it's interesting that um, Richard Linklater said that, because of the, you know, the unknown quantities of what might happen with each, you know, he, if all he knew Ella Train might refuse to be in it after a few years or something. Yeah. He always had the sort of backup plan that, although it ended up being called boyhood, it also might have been called motherhood or fatherhood. Right. Because he thought, if it so happens, I can move it in that direction if I need to. And I think that's very much um, exemplified in right at the end when uh, Mason's going off to college. He's in Patricia Arquette's flat and boxing things up to take and she has that sort of bit of a freak out and and says says is this all my my amount life amounts to you know this is the worst day of my life yeah Yeah. I've gone through what is it I I grow up I get married I have kids my kids leave home and then it's my funeral Yeah.
1: (laughs) yeah next thing is my funeral yeah do you feel that she was a little I think I've watched that and felt really sorry for her, but I'm beginning to think, I think she's a little over dramatic. I think think. so.
0: And I think, I personally, I think because by the end of it, Richard, by that point, Richard Linklater would have known that, uh, that Mason was the focus of the film. I think you could have cut that bit out, to be honest, because I think it, it sort of twisted us away from Mason a little bit. And I think the focus always needed to be Mason. It was definitely always Mason Uh. and not Sam, wasn't it? Mason was always the focus. Yeah, of course. And it's called boyhood after all. Yeah.
1: But i do I don't know, I do like that scene. I don't know I'm just i yeah. can, I obviously identify quite a lot with uh Olivia's character in that moment, and um
0: and i do and I think it's fine to um empathize with lots of the other characters isn't it? i mean i'm I was very i as I watch it when i'm older i I do find myself focusing more on Ethan Hawke as well like when watching yeah. it too, yeah, yeah. I
1: think she made a mistake getting rid of everything there. don't don't get rid of it <laughs>
0: well. I think there's one one thing we definitely haven't brought up of a sort of like a reasons why I love this film is I think the the final few minutes of the film and the final shot of the film, mm. I mean, I just bring tears to my eyes even just thinking about it, but it's so emotional and like that sort of like beautiful like magic hour shot of them and you know that they're both on mushrooms or something yeah <laughs> and he's Presumably just got to because
1: con- it's only something small she oh gets i thought him. it
0: was a little trough mushroom trough okay. or something but anyway wherever right. it is um yeah, acid and they've walked out much. and you know have had to drive to drive there wouldn't they to like a yes. big part way but anyway okay maybe they're yeah. staying there overnight or something yeah
1: do safely and I'm then sure.
0: walking out at sunset oh. the amazing sort of like Vistas of... It's, yeah.
1: The only thing is, it's almost too good, isn't it? He gets there. He's got this lovely roommate who seems just his sort of cup of tea. Yeah. There's His roommate's got a girlfriend. Oh, look, his roommate's girlfriend has a friend too. and
0: Really rather attractive rather friend. fact, attractive
1: is looking, smiling at him. And then they're all going, not to the boring old get-together, they're all going off to take hallucinogenics and just have a an amazing... Amazing moment. I I oh. don't mind
0: that at all for the ending because I think it's it's really. Beautiful. I think given the given the ambiguity of the rest of the film, it's kind of building up to that, isn't it? And and, then, and their final conversation he has between Mason and and Nicole the girl, is okay. So it was a nice it was a nice bit. Of, she she says something along the lines of you know when people always talk about you know that um, uh, every moment is special. And yeah. then they said, oh, "I think the, the moments find you kind of thing," and and you sort of feel, well, that's, that's kind of summing all the film up somehow, isn't it? And it's, yeah. it was just really—it's one of my, I think it's one of my favourite final shots of a film ever. I think for the, it's not often you manage to get such a glow with the final shot, is it? Really, I don't think it yeah.
1: does have because up to that point, you hadn't had that. I mean, I wonder what you would have done otherwise, because you obviously just wanted to cut it off at at. Um... And going to college, that was the end point, it yeah. makes sense. Um and it was amazingly uplifting. And yeah. It does and, have a good ending.
0: And all oh, I love is that it holds on the two of them for quite a while and, and you you know, you're in their heads and you're thinking, Well, they're, they're sort of slightly tripping, so they're taking longer to speak to each other. And then neither of them say anything and the camera stays them just a little bit longer. And they cut to black and it's just yeah. perfect. It's so good. And it's like, it
1: reminds me <laughs> of other great think maker like shots in the before of things where you have a couple, I mean, more meaning maybe between, uh, you know, Julie Delpy and the hall. Yeah, yeah. When they're going up the stairs or they yeah. Yeah. There's some, the, you've been in the music room in, uh, before sunrise. Yeah. When they first get together. Oh,
0: like Richard Linklater does so that awesome. so well. I think he's a real master of that. Yeah. I mean,
1: it just, just capturing beautiful flirtiness. That um, again, you're just looking back. I mean, uh, sadly, we're probably never going to do that. I mean, even if we did get together with somebody else, then
0: never going to do what? Sorry,
1: be beautifully flirty with somebody. <laughs> but like, you know, we laugh. never. I mean, but never I'm at the age of
0: nineteen. We're... Never in that in mm. that time when the world is such a myriad of possibilities. Yeah.
1: yeah. So it's something just to embody that and yeah. show it and just like you say it's about the possibilities i mean you yeah. don't know it's not that oh this is a wonderful person and he's going to be with this woman for the rest of his life yeah. it's just wow this is or even moment. you might have
0: quite a bad trip and the evening might end up being quite bad but it doesn't matter it doesn't matter yeah, it's like moment. That, at that moment it's perfect yeah yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: okay
0: so as we normal as we normally sort of think about is there anything in the film that are sort of even better if section? Oh. Anything in the film you would actually change?
1: I think any, just not about the central way the film has been constructed, but just I think there's things that weren't, didn't stick true to that kind of sense about let's not be dramatic and have consequences. And I found, I don't know, I've got mixed feelings about that whole plot line with Bill, the alcoholic husband. Okay. It almost seems too dramatic. Um, I
0: actually, I don't have a problem with that because I felt that I wanted one really dramatic episode, I think, in his life. Otherwise, well, I don't know, it's interesting to think what what would it have been? I, and also you needed some ways, to, I think part of the thing was them moving on from place to place as well, wasn't it? The as yeah, so you part So you needed some way of moving on.
1: He, I think I'm happy with having a relationship go wrong. I think it it was... It was pretty horrible. I mean like you say sometimes kids do horrible things. Um yeah, have horrible things, I mean
0: I have horrible experiences. Yeah, yeah,
1: just thinking like being dragged off by an alcoholic and being made to go in the shop and yeah. do things like that.
0: Do you think part of it, part of the the sort of purpose of the film, the meaning of the film also is that these things can happen to kids and they're okay as well at the end of it. Is that yeah. part of, part of it too?
1: You could take that from there. Yeah. Because it uh, yeah because they can be they can also not be they also not
0: be but they also can be
1: um, yeah. and yeah and I've, I don't know I remember being dragged off by my alcoholic aunt to help buy us some gin yeah. that was a bit upsetting but right. uh, maybe that's why I don't like it um, but it wasn't that bad yeah um, but again I, I don't know it just felt it, it, not, not not to me it just felt a bit more dramatic and the other little not really important but a little pss- semi-plot was you know the guy I don't know Latino guy who is in the um who's fixing up her the plumbing her, her plumbing and yeah. sewage works and then he sees her and he's managing a restaurant and he says oh thanks to you I've I've gone to and well lots of people are really against the white savior thing so I'll put that to one side anyway but um it was more just it's just a bit too neat oh, I said this to somebody yeah and now that has a consequence of, a few years later yeah that's not what, what this film is about. Not what about. this film is
0: about. That's exactly the point I wrote down as well. Yeah. That's the one bit that I didn't really feel fitted with everything else. Yeah, yeah. it didn't,
1: didn't help me and much. It felt And like,
0: that felt like part of a, a traditional Hollywood story of cause and effect, which this yeah, film yeah, isn't, yeah, isn't yeah. it? Yeah.
1: I, mean, I know it's... Because I think it's nice that the kids have this sense that their mum is actually a good person and good and, and good at her job. But there's other things, like when Mason is talking to one of her students at a party... Um, and he actually says is my mum a good teacher you know and it's just really nice I really like that scene he's interested yeah and that's another good scene isn't it because she's being a bit flirty and he's trying to be yeah and
0: he's like 15 or 14 or 15 isn't he and he's probably at that point where he's like am I kind of in any way attractive to this girl and he really doesn't know could she
1: be attracted to me yeah it's that sort of yeah Yeah. that's nice yeah but those are the things I didn't like so much oh the one the only other character that doesn't feel like a a normal character is a bit of a weird film character, but I still really like him. Is the uh, Mason's boss? At the oh yes, trot. I like him. Yeah, <laughs> really like he's him.
0: quite funny. Yeah, but like you say, he doesn't quite fit the feel of the film, does he? He's but then yeah. you
1: do get weird caricature people in life, don't you? That you I've mean?
0: certainly had bosses a bit like that. Yeah. <laughs> in restaurants. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> little like ooh, yeah, yeah. Someone who's just so into their job. And then,
1: yes, yeah. yeah, but can be like. A really yeah. nice human being as well. Yeah. But yeah, you know, those are the only things that I think yeah. for me.
0: No, I'd agree. I don't, I don't really have much to say about, about this. Mm. So our, our frivolous section, I bet. It's Is this a good girlfriend-boyfriend test, this film? Would you, if you are having a new relationship with someone and they didn't like this film, would that be it for the relationship? See, I
1: keep approaching this trying to have an open mind and think oh, I can't just not like people that don't like films I like. And I was really thinking. Well, I could accept that maybe some people might find it. I don't know. I'm not going to start a relationship with them.
0: <laughs> <laughs> but what? So why? But you have to explain broke. that in a way because when we talk about under the skin, we both said I would not have a problem with someone if they didn't like this film. I yes. can I completely understand someone not being into this film. So why? I think more be- with this film
1: because I think this film. Um, I think it, that happy glow warm feeling yeah. and some of those um like I said, uh a lot of it is actually I know I know you you were saying that you get you love you know, the is the last scene is beautiful when they're all off and then college and it's lovely. I, I have this kind of parental thing of loving the scene where, where Patricia Arquette gets really upset and then he drives off and 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 yeah. And I don't know if you just can't get that warmth and that. What
0: well, if you don't empathise with the emotions of those? Scenes. Yeah, exactly.
1: Yeah. Then I don't know how good a human being you are, but that seems really and, hard.
0: Yeah, well, you might say, maybe you could go a little bit further in this instance and say, then I don't really want to have children with you at the you very least. Children. Yeah,
1: <laughs> maybe a few date. I yeah. mean, it's it's um, it is quite you would have thought it would be a hard film to watch. I don't think it's a hard film to watch at all. I'm always amazed at how quickly it goes. Yeah.
0: Every time those two and three quarter out. I mean, I could yeah. carry on for hours. I, just thinking,
1: I feel. God, it's got old fast, is not it? Yeah. <laughs> you know, um, I never
0: want it to end. I just want it to carry on could, wouldn't it. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I could been yeah, I mean, delighted if they just decided to keep it going. Um, but yeah, would I, I don't know. What do you think? Do you think it's, a... I
0: I'm pretty much going with what you said there, actually, I, i would have a problem with people who just found it boring and uninteresting because i i feel that they just wouldn't have it's a kind of a i just think well where's your soul somehow like yeah where what how like how can you not have empathy for the the situations of these characters yeah how can you not be invested in the emotions of well most of the major characters really it's basically mason and Mason Junior, Mason Senior, and Olivia, anyway. Okay.
1: Yeah. If you... And I'm going to sort of maybe think about putting films in order about this as well. But I might be more forgiving. So going outside the boyfriend-girlfriend remit to just friends. Okay. There's some films, like, say, Local Hero. I think if somebody doesn't like that, I don't really want to hang out with them at all. <laughs> right. <laughs> okay. <laughs> But for this, if somebody says oh, it's really long, I kind of found it. I'm really. I was. Uh, I didn't focus. I, I got a bit bored. That's yeah, okay. okay. That's a friend, though. Not That's a friend. Friend. Okay. But not okay, as really beyond a few dates.
0: A Few dates. Okay. Yeah. Fair yeah. enough. Yeah. So, our final section that we always mm. have. Final section that we're still trying to work out what it's about. We always think, is this film art?
1: What I've realised yeah. is that my definition of art depends on what it is that I want to like and therefore describe as I'll art. I'll
0: explain that a bit more.
1: Well, every time, like when... Uh, I, I keep watching movies in this series, so say, um, again, we go okay, go back to Local Hero, another one of my biggie favourite films, which, watching it, I wouldn't have said it's art, but then thinking, no, 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 it's art because it feels... It, it just brings me into sort of humanity and it makes me feel emotions and whatever. And then when we watch under the skin, you know, I was blinding, this is art because it just has visual image. I don't know. but In a
0: different way. We we said that when we they did were under the skin, different. didn't we? Yeah.
1: This, I do, I do definitely feel is art. Um, and I think mainly because, I mean, it does has a practical purpose and because i think it makes you reflect about your own life and when you think about um like that point of seeing both sides of a relationship and realizing that you you don't fully understand another person's point of view fully and that you know that the the, their actions may be more forgivable than you might think or even like you were saying about the, the scene with Mason and saying that reminds you a little bit of, you know, how our son sometimes says, you said this and now that's not happened. It's, it's just, sometimes it's useful. Sometimes we need fictional characters to make us reflect on our own um, life and how we are um, and just, to, yeah, and then and, and to teach us something. Art, that- art, so this is, this week, what I'm saying art is... <laughs> different from any other week but this week I feel that ultimately if art can teach us something
0: what about what about this film in as far as art as meaning goes what what meaning do you take from this film if you can I mean I know I think it's a difficult thing to sum up Mm. because it feels it's like about a lot of different things but say with some of the other films we talked about in this series like say Lost in Translation which we talked about at the beginning in the first um podcast, that feels like I can feel the meaning of that somehow is something to do with um the the meaning of platonic friendship mm. and and value, what loneliness does the value of value nato- rather va- than meaning. yes the value of platonic friendships is something so and then with with some of the other films like say the before trilogy i'd say there's something along the lines there about the about the differences what oh, i don't even know if it's meaning or like you say is it just reflecting on your life or what's the difference between reflection on your life and understanding meaning is there is there any difference between those two things or does reflect by reflecting on reflecting on the story of a film and how it reflects your own life does that is that what meaning is that what meaning is, is that what is that what you're given?
1: Now I'm not even sure what meaning means.
0: <laughs> <laughs> That's great. That's, I'm not sure what meaning means. No, and, and I don't. I don't think we should even worry about because this is this is. I think this is this section is this film art is all about talking about this, isn't it? It's, it is all about why why do we love certain films and not others? And and I liked when we I liked our distinction with Under the Skin about how this this is very much about the visual and the a different kind of artistry, but mm. but that feels often its own section at the moment.
1: Yeah, it feels and, like that's just prompting your. It's it's stimulus. It's it's, yeah. a, it's it was a very stimulating film yeah. and something to experience.
0: And and I you know the, I can think of other films like that like um Um Enter the Void or something, the Gaspar Noy film wow, about yeah, like which is yeah. just like so in your face with its visuals and whatever. Not a, not a perfect film by any means and wouldn't make this list but really does something as far as filmmaking goes yeah yeah, yeah. but this, this isn't what we're talking about with boyhood and it's not what we've talked about with lots of other films it's, that's like it's deeper than that isn't it it's like well you know, I,
1: I mean i think the way that we've picked these films are films that have mm, mm, i want to say meaning but now i'm not even sure what i know mean by meaning um but a lot of value they are favourite films they're not films that necessarily have astonishing artistry.
0: Even though we're, we're assigning them astonishing artistry just by the fact that they're favourite yeah, films. Yeah, I've got a
1: really dumb circular
0: argument here. <laughs> I, so I've got another, another reflection on this that I only thought about after watching Boyhood last night, but it, it applies to all of lots of the other films, disregarding Under the Skin, we've watched so far. Is that are all of our favourite films here nostalgic films? Like are they all about like either if you think about like the well this film Boyhood is definitely a sort of a nostalgic film yes, isn't it? Amazingly, is so, yeah. Lost in Translation is that a nostalgia for that kind of experience you might have in a foreign country and meeting someone? Is yep. that nostalgia?
1: Yep, that made me feel nostalgic. Yep. The Before trilogy is. Definitely, definitely nostal- nostalgic, except
0: for the Before Midnight, which isn't nostalgic. That's more about... I'm more
1: living in the horror that we are now. The
0: cold, hard <laughs> reality of post-nostalgia. <laughs> <laughs> Local Hero, definitely nostalgic. and nostalgia for a rural idol that doesn't necessarily even exist, and maybe the characters in the film didn't even want either.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, and I'm nostalgic for the person I was when I first watched that as well. Yeah,
0: so... I mean, I feel slightly dirty in thinking that my favourite films are just nostalgic films. But if that's the truth of it, then that's the truth of it.
1: God, yeah, I don't rate nostalgia as an emotion. I normally berate no. people for becoming sentimentally nostalgic. So are we... Are we sentimental? Are all these films sentimental?
0: No, because I hate sentimental films. Well, maybe <laughs> <Yeah>. you don't. <laughs> well, no, no, and I. but I would really disagree with that because I'd say that... Um, Eternal Sunshine and the Spotless Mind Mine is a very non sentimental film, I think.
1: You think so, but
0: Because it's Because it's it's about the truth of relationships, I think, rather than and which is why yeah. I'd think the before trilogy is about the truth of relationships. And I think when you're talking about sentimentality isn't truth.
1: Well why there is something, and it's just talking about films generally, then and going back to particularly about the before trilogy, but I guess it's relevant being a link naked film that you you are constantly seeing things that are charming, I think, in the moment, like when we're talking about the the glances between jesse and uh celine oh, celine um they they're, they're, they're making me feel nostalgic for something I might not even have had but just wanted to have um they're not something that there's definitely a sense of nostalgia and I can't help thinking that nostalgia is almost always sentimental.
0: Yeah, I, I mean, I don't disagree with you, but I don't, you... I don't, I, I somehow I kind of only came to me that what these films are about is nostalgia, but I don't think these are sentimental films though. <laughs> Even though I know what you mean about nostalgia and sentimentality sort of equating with each other.
1: What films have we got left to pull this out over?
0: Uh, 2001 Space Odyssey. Okay. That's, that'll be in the same category as Under the Skin. Ah, oh, yeah. Uh, Point Break. Definitely okay. not a sentimental film. <laughs> not sentimental. Um,
1: Magic Mike XXL. <laughs> well, that's not sentimental. That's going into a different place. That's
0: going in different territory, yeah. Francis Ha.
1: Ah, Okay.
0: Certainly, a nostalgia for late twenty-something life.
1: Amazing. Okay, yeah. I think we have to continue this conversation. Yeah, continue this
0: thing. But it's uh, we'll put a pin in that for now. For uh, that's probably a good place opinions. to stop, really, isn't it? For the, I think yeah. So. Yeah. Cool. Okay. So, thanks very much for um, listening all the way through. This is uh, oh, it's gone on quite a long time, really, isn't it? This one. Um, if you've got any comments about the podcast, please do email us and let us know. Um, you can email us at. In bed with at ethancrane.com, that's C R A N E, or you can leave comments on the webpage on our website, just look at ethancrane.com. And otherwise, we'll see you for the next film. Bye! Bye.